You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central show is brought to you by Sucklebusters. You can find them at sucklebusters.com. Also by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at the BBQ guru.com or call them 800-288-GURU and by the CHOPS Power Injector System the 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA find them at barbecuekansascity.com and by Butcher Barbecue from injections to rubs to sauces always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com and by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Cook Shack Pellet and Electric Grills. Visit them at PelletCooker.com or CookShack.com or call them 800-423-0698. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash to be won. Find out more at kcbs.us slash samstour. And by Cookin' Pellets, you can buy Cookin' Pellets at cookinpellets.com. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at greenmountaingrills.com. And by iGrill. The Bluetooth grilling thermometer that allows you to monitor temperatures from 150 feet away. Use promo code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase at iDevicesInc.com. Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. Oh, yeah, it's the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast and originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you want to jump in, more than happy to have you. How do you do it, you ask? Well, let me tell you. It's a phone call, 216-220-0966. And or it's an email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show, of course, can be found at the main website, the BBQ Guru. The what? The main? Okay. Anything else you want to find out about the show other than the contact information can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, of course, the third Tuesday of every month, 
Brings multiple time author, TV show host, cooking class instructor, overall good guy, and now a revered friend of this show, Stephen Reichlin from Barbecue Bible, Project Smoke, a host of other stuff that's taking place in French Canada that I don't know anything about, but I've been told that he's huge up there. Stephen Reichlin is the David Hasselhoff of French Canada when it comes to barbecue. Congratulations, Stephen, and I'm saying that with peace and love. At 9.35, we will be rejoined by a show sponsor, a competition barbecue cook, and a creator of one of the most efficient and worthwhile barbecue accessories that you can get your hands on, especially, of course, if you're into this injecting thing. I mean, I don't think it's a phase anymore. This is pretty popular stuff, and it's going to be continuing on. And the thing that I hated about injecting when I first started doing it with a single injector, of course, is the fact that it takes kind of a long time. You pull the injection out and you plunge it in, take it back out. It's got to be more efficient. Well, my next guest made it more efficient by like 10,000 times. Now I can inject four or five butts in the time that it has taken me to do one. We will rejoin a conversation with Dan Uladal from BarbecueKansasCity.com, the CHOPS Power Injector System creator. Oh, wow, what a first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour, and we will have what is typically slotted for the fourth Tuesday of the month, but because the Jack Daniels Invitational World Championship Invitational Barbecue Championship is going to be taking place this coming weekend. There's a very good chance that with guests already slated and with potential do-wellers in the Jack Daniels competition, the impending weekend, that we might not get in the normal fourth Tuesday of the month as I'm kind of trying to, to get it branded. The monthly barbecue roundtable. That will take place at 10.14 tonight. Yeah. We do have a star-studded barbecue roundtable to include, dare I say, Chad Warner. Bill Minahan. And a frequent contributor, kind of monthly guest on this show, famed food blogger and sexy hot mama, Robin Lindars, the grill girl, joining us on the show. Of course, the theme of the barbecue roundtable is you have a take about the barbecue or grilling world or the barbecue and grilling world, whatever you like. And it doesn't have to be about competition. Trust me, when you hear my take tonight, it's going to blow your socks off. You're going to be like, what? That has nothing to do. I mean, it can. I would prefer it. But something happened to me over the weekend that I cannot I cannot let go. It needs to be out there and consumed in the general public, the population, the general gen pop, as they call it, when I spent time and I did a stretch in the clink. I don't want to talk about it. But it doesn't have to, if you want to be on a future barbecue round table, it doesn't have to be about competition. If you got some advice or just something you want to bitch about, whatever, that's what that time is for. So that's who's going to be on the panel 
this coming 10-14 tonight, this evening. Then helping me close the show out. Oh, who's excited about this more than me? Nobody, probably. To date, the only barbecue editor in the country working for a magazine. He happens to work for Texas Monthly. Daniel Vaughn of Texas Monthly Barbecue joins us. TMBBQ.com. Got a lot to talk about when it comes to the barbecue and grilling stuff with Daniel. So very excited to talk to him. So there you go. Uh, All right, right now, blast out some emails, some Facebook posts, get on the tweeter, whatever it is you do for the social media stuff. Let everybody know the show's on, a couple different links to send them to. You can send them to the main website, of course, thebbqcentralshow.com. Click on the Listen Live link right there, and, man, you are off and running. You have it available live and lake-breaking. Audio. If you want the video side, go to our longtime audio syndication partner, of this show, and that is OutdoorCookingChannel.com. And if you have, like, um, the Roku or the Internet Protocol television, as they call it, go to the App Store there, download, or search Outdoor Cooking Channel. And if they have it there, oh, friends, you're in luck. Download it immediately. Holy moly, you've hit the jackpot. Now you can watch the show from a high-definition television right from your couch. You don't have to go down to the basement and in the computer or a laptop and hike it up to your bedroom and hide in a corner or however you're watching it right now. Whatever. Forget it. You can watch it right from your television. Get your wife involved. It's going to be great. Maybe not. Uh, Subscriptions to iTunes for audible replays of the show is very popular. You can just open up iTunes and search Barbecue Central Show, and there you go. Here's a quick note before we get out in the next couple minutes. I don't know how many of you are movie folks, let's say it in that way. But if you didn't know, tomorrow is October 21st, 2015. Wednesday, October 21st, 2015, to be specific. Now, as anyone that's my age or a little younger or a little older might know it as, The exact date Doc Brown put it in the time machine that Marty McFly flew into the future with. That's tomorrow. Some, like, really good videos out there on YouTube and around the Facebooks on this. It's funny to see how much it is completely inaccurate. Although I have to admit, looking 30 years into the future from 30 years back... Who wouldn't have thought that we wouldn't be flying around in the sky having... Self-adjusting and self-drying clothes, riding around on floating skateboards. Damn. I thought we were really exploding on this technology stuff. We're behind. We are really behind the technology here in the America of the U.S. Who didn't think we were going to be flying around right now? Can you think about it? Think to 30 years ago when I was 11 years old. There's no reason for me to believe that 30 years from then, cars would have been laughed at. (laughs) Remember when we drove cars, Ma? (laughs) Hee hee. 
Let's get in the old car jet thingy and drive or fly. I mean, everybody would be flying everywhere. So much more room in the air. On the ground, it gets very congested. People are angry. It's a lot safer to get in the air. We wouldn't need all of these planes flying. You just fly wherever the hell you want. We can't even hardly get a compressed natural gas infrastructure going on in this country for crying out loud. Where are we? Here, here we are. Here we are. Holy moly. Come on, man. Come on, son. All right. October 21st, 2015, Wednesday, is the date of uh, Into the Future. All right, folks, I'm talking to you quickly about Suckle Busters, an award-winning barbecue rub sauce, chili kits, Texas gunpowder preferred by competition barbecue cooks, Texas-based, 100% made in the USA. Products have won hundreds of industry awards, including... Two first place at the American Royal Sauce Contest. That's the World Series of Barbecue. What do we have new right here? Oh, it's Suckle Busters Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. Yeah! Yeah! I would love it! Based on Suckle Busters award-winning Honey Barbecue Sauce, this is the Thin Glaze and Finishing Sauce, made especially for competition ribs and chicken. Super sweet, not spicy, super red, though. They use a special... American paprika for a bright red color. Brush it on the last 5 to 10 minutes of cooking. It leaves a glossy red sheen on the meat and, most importantly, an extra layer of sweet flavor. Take your competition ribs and chicken to a whole nother level of the game. Where are they available at? Glad you asked. Local barbecue stores, of course, online at SuckleBusters.com. Send Dan and the folks at SuckleBusters an email with your inquiry. Sales at SuckleBusters.com. Give them a call, 972-393-9509. Again, that's uh, 972-393-9509. Sales at SuckleBusters.com. SuckleBusters.com is the website. And if you send me an email right now with the words Jack Daniels 2015... You can win a free bottle of Suckle Busters Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. That's right. Send me an email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And in the subject line, put Jack Daniels 2015. Doesn't get any better than that. You will get a free bottle of Suckle Busters award-winning barbecue glaze and finishing sauce. And it's not just doing well in the Texas area. No, no, no. It's going all over the place. Different sanctioning bodies. All sorts of teams using it. Oh. I've tried it. Let me tell you something. It's pretty fabulous. Well, looky here. We got a winner already before we get out for the break. We got a winner. Jonathan Calhoun wins. Jonathan, let me punch in your email here. All right, go ahead and shoot me your shipping address, Jonathan. Congratulations to you for winning it. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, we're going to step away and come back with a interview and conversation with Stephen Reichlin. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. 
Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. You want to email the show? More than happy to have you there as well. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookingPellets.com, your number one source for wood pellets to fire up those pellet cookers. You can go ahead and visit them in two different places to purchase. CookingPellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N, CookingPellets.com. You can also visit little website called Amazon. I think that's going to catch on. Amazon.com. You can buy cooking pellets there as well. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio. Outdoor cooking. Also, when it doesn't come to outdoor cooking, TV show host, cooking class instructor, and third Tuesday of the month guest here on this show. We go ahead and race over the hotline and welcome in Stephen Reichlin. Stephen, how are you, buddy? Great. How about you, Greg? Doing absolutely fabulous, Stephen. Always appreciate the time to give the show and a couple of good things to get into this evening. You know, when we talked last month leading into this particular segment, we ended with a little bit of a lead-up or a hype-up to the American Royal 2015 this year. That has uh, since come and gone. So you've had a couple weeks away from it. And I wonder, as somebody who isn't going there to necessarily cook in the Invitational or the open side, and we've had a, a massive recount on this show with all those guys that uh, won out there, as a spectator and, most importantly, as going into the 2015 Hall of Fame, uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts on the whole situation out there. Uh, you know, they moved from storied location uh, and stockyards out to Arrowhead Stadium, and there was a lot of uh, lead-up controversy to that, but all things seem to be going well. So, you know, from a logistics sense, and, and when did you get there, and how long did you stay, just like the whole American Royal recap from your point of view? Well, the American Royal weekend was fantastic. Uh, my time there was limited, unfortunately. Uh, but I did, uh, courtesy of the VIP treatment they gave me, including uh, – uh, a golf cart and a driver managed to see uh, the entire thing. Visit with a lot of teams, both the in, in the uh, professional and the and the uh, amateur section. And I got to tell you, uh, I think this move out to the stadium is fantastic. There is so much space. This year they had 618 count them 618 teams. That number is only going to grow. Uh, this is a broad, wide open space, easily accessible. You know, obviously there were a few growing pains uh, in in the logistics this year, uh, but I think it is a great move for Kansas City and it is a great move for barbecue. When you're going around the uh, particular locations, see all the teams get ready. What kind of a reception do you get? I mean, do, do, does everybody know you? Uh, do like a handful of people kind of stop you, and then other people go, "Hey, that guy kind of looks familiar." I'm just kind of interested in, in you know how you trend over from you know team to team. Well, uh, you know, like I told my wife on the phone, these are my people, and uh, I, uh, you know, I uh, and particularly with the Hall of Fame award uh, this year, uh, I was. Uh, very warmly received everywhere I went, you know, uh, lots of high steves. I mean, I get that at airports, and I have more and more since uh, Project Smoke uh, started airing this summer. Uh, but this is like, this is the epicenter of, uh, of my uh, constituency. All right, Stephen. So in regards to the Hall of Fame situation itself, uh, who kind of talked you in and when you had time to go ahead and address the audience uh, and, and the rest of the Hall of Famers, 
you don't have to recount the whole speech, of course, but, you know, some of the things that you hit on during, uh, in the acceptance. Well, uh, I mean, first of all, it was a, uh, I mean, an enormous honor, and I'm extremely proud. And actually, they offered it to me last year, but the induction ceremony fell over uh, Yom Kippur, which is the holiest uh, holiday in the Jewish calendar last year. So I could not go to Kansas City for that. But uh, this year, uh, I went. My co-inductees were Ed Fisher, founder of Big Green Egg, and uh, Paul Kirk, the great Kansas City uh, barbecue master, so uh, I was in great company. Um, I kept sort of pinching myself because I thought, you know, uh, you go through life. I, you know, I have a degree in French literature. I mean, I figured I'd be a college professor, and the odd turn. <coughs> this was an award that I never, ever, ever in my wildest dreams thought I would get. Uh, and uh, and then you know, but here it is. However many years later, and uh, it, it was, uh, you know, it was just uh, it, it was such a deep, touching, and honoring uh, acknowledgement of the work I've done in barbecue. Uh, awesome, awesome, moving experience. So uh, and you know, my whole thing in life is the more you give, the more you get. You know, it's that old Beatles line, and in the end, uh, the love. Uh, uh, what is it, the love you uh, get is equal to the love you give or something like that. Uh, the love you make is equal to the, the love you take. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that means you just give as much as you can. Uh, so in my acceptance speech, I kind of, uh, you know, I talked a little bit about uh, what an unlikely uh, recipient I was, because unlike most people at the Royal, I did not grow up in the barbecue tradition. Uh, you know, there were no smokers. I didn't even know what real barbecue was uh, until I was in my 20s. Um, and I, uh, so in my speech, I, I talked about 10 things I've learned uh, in my 20 years in barbecue. And uh, the, that, that acceptance speech is actually up on my website, barbecuebible.com. Uh, but uh, so... I talked about, you know, sort of one thing I learned is how ancient barbecue was and how important it was in the development of both uh, the human species and human culture. Uh, I talked about how barbecue is some of the last truly local food uh, that we have. And in an age where there's a Starbucks on virtually every street corner, fast food has proliferated like crazy. And even the high-end chefs like the Thomas Keller's uh, and the Mario Batali's, you know, have empires with restaurants all over the world. Barbecue really is some of the last truly local food that we have, and I think that's really important. Even in a place like uh, Kansas City, you know, where all four of what are considered the big, you know, the big big foods, ribs, brisket, pork shoulder, and chicken, I mean, they're all part of Kansas City barbecue. So I thought it was very appropriate to accept the award there. Um, I talked about kind of what barbecue means around the world and what foods constitute barbecue in other cultures, highlighting sheep's intestines in Uruguay, chicken blood in the Philippines, and nori seaweed in Korea. I would have mentioned one of uh, Japan's national dishes, grilled bean curd, but uh, with miso barbecue sauce. But with that crowd, I didn't dare quite utter the word uh, <laughs> tofu. Um, I talked about how barbecue is teamwork, and I, uh, I gave a big nod to my wife, uh, who certainly everything good that's happened in my career has happened thanks to my wife. 
Um, I talked about, and I think this is a really important message, nobody eats barbecue alone. You know, it's really all about community, sharing the food, sharing the love. And then I, uh, you know, I did get on my soapbox and, uh, and sort of try and leave people with a message for what I think is important for the future. And for me, that is a close, hard look at the quality of the ingredients, trying to go for grass-fed beef, for heritage pork, for organic chicken, for organic produce, and really being aware of some of the uh, monstrosities that happen in the way that food is mass-produced in this country. And 20 years ago, you talked to pit masters. It was all about the pit and techniques. Well, the new generation really cares about how the food is raised. You know, for me, the soundbite is, you know, how your food is raised matters as much as uh, how you smoke it. And I was really gratified to get uh, a big round of applause for that. So I think that things are changing. Stephen, before we move on uh, with a little bit more insight into the, the Hall of Fame ceremony, you touched on something I want to ask you about. You know, it seems that, as you said before, it was, you know, how you cook it. Now it's let's go ahead and, and put a focus on how it's raised and how it's fed and, and all the, the good stuff that you're talking about. But inevitably in business and in finding people that uh, distribute, they want to take advantage of people. So I, I think it's important that if people want to make that change or really kind of live by what you're talking about, that they're able to source people that are legitimate. So do you have any suggestions on how to kind of weed through the, the, the pretenders and the fakers, the people are just looking to make a buck and find the real people that are kind of living by what you're talking about? Well, super great question. So on the local level, I mean, in general, if you shop at farmer's markets, you got a much better uh, crack at getting something pure and wholesome, and you're also supporting your local farmers and cattlemen. Uh, on the national level, uh, you know, because let's face it, I mean, we all, you know, the supermarket is a part of most of our lives. Uh, uh, I, you know, I think Whole Foods does a really good job of, uh, of providing organic food, of looking for humanely raised animals. Uh, I shop there often. Um, I look for uh, the words organic. Uh, another point that I make that is runs very counter to the way most Americans think is I'm very much a seasonal guy. And I am happy not to eat salmon for nine months a year if I can get local wild salmon for three months a year. Uh, ditto for vegetables that are out of season. I, I love seasonality, and I love scarcity. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I think as a nation we've come to expect everything we want, any time we want it, yeah. whether it has to be air, air freighted in from, you know, from Argentina, uh, or whether it has to be raised on some disgusting fish farm uh, in Chile. I don't mean to say fish farms in Chile are disgusting, but, uh, you know, um, this notion that, that, foods, that, that, that food is seasonal and that we, there are things we can look forward to, I mean, that's, that's really important to me. Stephen Reichel joining us here on the show, barbecuebible.com and projectsmoke.org, some websites to check them out. Go ahead and finish that thought, Steve. Uh, well, uh, the other thing I just wanted to say is that we cannot trust uh, agribusiness and, uh, and, and the industrial uh, food complex to do the right thing uh, because they have a conscience. It's only when we demand better ingredients, uh, when we do demand more humanely ingre uh, raised ingredients, 
that we will get it. And, you know, for your listeners, and I know I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably on a soapbox that many people in the barbecue world uh, uh, don't care about, but, uh, you know, watch a, watch a film like Food, Inc., you know, and that'll really open your eyes about kind of where a lot of our food comes from. Stephen, a couple other of the Hall of Fame inductees that you mentioned. Uh, one was Paul Kirk, who uh, is obviously in the lore of uh, competition barbecue and uh, maybe a little bit of book writing, uh, certainly well-deserved to, to be in there. And uh, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, a couple weeks ago kind of talked about him a little bit. Uh, but another guy that wanted to ask you about, and I don't know how much you know about him, but as far as being into the Hall of Fame and people who deserve, and who's to say who deserves, I guess, but uh, when I look at a business guy, when I look at Ed Fisher of Big Green Egg, here's a guy who has been wildly successful with this particular brand of cooker. It's a ceramic cooker that had come over from the Orient that he had found back in the military and decided, hey, what a great cooker. I'm going to bring it over here, and boom, it's wildly erupted and very popular. And I think to a point he has turned his particular brand into the Kleenex, if you will, of ceramic-style cookers. You say Kleenex, but it's really facial t- tissue. You say big green egg. Everybody thinks of you know all kinds of different ceramic cookers. So in that end, I think it's... An absolute wild success. In your eyes, you're a businessman, and, and you, you like to uh, succeed in markets that you're in. Uh, what does Ed Fisher and, and, I guess, the Big Green Egg mean to you? Well, uh, first of all, I'm glad you used the words wildly successful and not overnight success. What I admire the most in a guy like Ed Fisher is uh, his tenacity, his perseverance, his belief in his product. Uh, because, believe me, if... Egg is all anybody talks about now, the big green egg. I guarantee you there were 20 or 30 years of his business when almost nobody bought eggs or knew what they were. <laughs> but he believed, he persevered. And uh, it's, you know, I guarantee you almost any overnight success took a lot of struggle, a lot of belief, uh, a lot of years when nothing happened. And this is a product that uh, I don't know if you own any, but you certainly are oh, very uh, very used to using. Many, right? I own many eggs. Uh, I use them. It's a fantastic product. And I think the egg has actually been very responsible for bringing what I would call a lot of mainstream grillers uh, into the world of barbecue and smoking. What I like about the egg here, and certainly this isn't a planned love fest for Big Green Egg, but when people are asking me what kind of a, a pit or what kind of a grill should I look at, Certainly, we discuss you know some of the the major factors when I'm counseling somebody, which is you know how big is your family, what are the uh, situations that you might grill up to people wise. You know, I cook for me. You know, it's like I cook for five usually, but I can gust up to twenty five to fifty people depending. So, uh, you know, take that into account. But the other thing is budget, and if the budget's right, uh, or if we're trending and I can push somebody up, I always recommend Big Green Egg because to me, I call it the the hybrid cooker, two cookers in one. You have the low and slow capabilities, which you're uh, obviously very familiar with, but then you also have the super high heat ability to do steaks. So if you can you know, muster the, the savings book, go ahead and, and buy one of those. And as I say, buy the best and only cry once, right? Uh, you know, Greg, I couldn't agree with you more. I always recommend to people to buy more grill than you think you need so you can grow into it. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show. ProjectSmoke.org is the television show, and BarbecueBible.com, obviously, his uh, normal haunt, if you want to check him out here while we're talking. Uh, let's transition a little bit, Stephen, with the time we have left. Uh, we are well into October, uh, really going into November very quickly here over the next week or so. Uh, Again, we pull back from uh, what you said recently in the show here as far as seasonality. 
course, I never want to have you on to not ask you about what you're cooking or, or what you into. And I saw a blog post of yours recently that uh, said two of my favorite things, apple and crisp. And, of course, uh, when it's Stephen Reichlin, you know it's going outside. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is something about wood smoke uh, that will take a dessert, and especially a fruit dessert, and it will... Uh, you know, it, it's a little bit like the smoke. I call wood smoke the umami of barbecue, and umami is that fifth taste that has the ability to, to make things, that sort of makes, makes things like you're tasting them in technicolor. And when you add a whiff of wood smoke to an apple crisp, and my latest uh, iteration, the one we do on uh, Project Smoke, also involves uh, bacon and bourbon, uh, it's, it's just you're taking a commonplace dessert and you're making it absolutely extraordinary, otherworldly. Uh, and, uh, uh, and this is what wood smoke does. All right, so talk to me about the recipe itself, if people want to give it a try here over this coming weekend, uh, things that they're going to need and, you know, a little bit of the, the high-level stuff. Cast iron skillet uh, in which you brown the bacon. Don't pour off too much of the bacon fat. Uh, the filling, it's a standard, you know, uh, apple, a little bit of flour for thickener, a little brown sugar for sweetness, grated lemon zest, super important. I fold the bacon back in. I fold the bourbon back in. The top is your basic crisp, um, which I started doing because I like crisps and also I'm um, too lazy to make uh, pie dough for apple pie. Uh, ginger snap cookies or graham cracker crumbs or shortbread crumbs. Uh, uh, flour, brown sugar, uh, butter, cut in using a food processor or two knives. That goes on top. Indirect grilling, handful of apple wood. You know, it's just incredible. By the way, uh, you know, you asked me about what I'm, uh, what I'm grilling, and this is a segue away from apples, but I, got, I just got to tell you about something I made last night. Yeah. So, uh, so we got some nice uh, wild coho salmon, and I thought I would plank it last night with a miso barbecue sauce. And, uh, but what I did is, you know, the common lure is you soak the cedar plank, and that way it releases all the cedar steam. So, but what I did is I charred the cedar plank, turned it over so the fish went on the charred plank to kind of get some intrinsic smoke. And then instead of indirect grilling it, I direct. And if you go up on my Facebook page, Stephen Reichlin, um, you will see this plank. The edges are flaming. The whole thing is flaming. It is so dramatic. It is so spectacular. And I got to tell you, it's the best plank salmon I ever made in my life. I was going to say, I mean, I have a guy on my show fairly regularly, uh, somebody I'm sure you're familiar with, a fellow uh, author of The Grill and up in Canada, Ted Reeder, who is widely of considered course, to yeah. be you know, the master planker. And uh, yep. I, I don't think I've ever heard him say that he has gone out of his way to not soak a plank before. And inherently, as you said, I mean, this is a dry piece of wood, and you throw it on direct, and you potentially have a, a fire on your hands. But all in all, the, the flavor is good. And the, were there any, like, special uh, tips on, you know, cooking with it so you don't go from really good to horrible very quick? Well, one is don't turn your back on it because, it, you know, when it starts to catch fire, that'll go pretty quickly. Second is when you take it off. I mean, I actually served it to my wife flaming, and it was, you know, it was just, it was so dramatic. But uh, you want to put it on a cast iron platter because that plank, if you direct grill it, it will be hot, burning, charred underside. And if you, you know, put it on a ceramic platter, you could crack it. Or if you put it on a wood platter, well, you could just get more fire. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show as he does the third Tuesday of every month. Some websites, again, projectsmoke.org and barbecuebible.com. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming on. We'll talk to you again in November. 
Thank you very much, Greg. You do such a great show. Uh, can't wait to come back. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, appreciate it. There he is, Stephen Reichwood, ladies and gentlemen. Always love to talk with Stephen when we have the chance. Uh, third Tuesday of every month guest. And, yeah, so uh, we'll do it like that again in November. Thanks, Stephen. All right. Always enjoy uh, chatting it up with Mr. Reichland. Firing the old uh, cedar planks, as it were. Forget soaking them. Put them right on the damn fire. We're going crazy. Well-deserved Hall of Fame induction. Now, look, folks, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue and is the number one dealer of Mac Pellet Grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smokers, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs, from flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending, their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, including the 12 and 13 Jack Daniels, the American Royal, the Kingsford Challenges, the Houston Livestock and Rodeos, the 2014 King of the Smoker. I mean, you name it, it's pretty much had a hand in winning something. I don't think that BPS can be pigeonholed into competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well known that they have been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain. BJ's Restaurant Brewhouse with four of the nine BPS rubs featured on the permanent menu. And amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa's has also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker with top-quality meats from Snake River Farms shipped right to your front door. From American Kobe beef, caribou to pork, double R ranch meats, Big Papa's meat locker has something for everyone that is the barbecue aficionado. Committed to bringing you the best flavors. That's why they're giving you Swamp Boy sauce, a fine swine sauce, Granny's barbecue sauce, just to name a few. Big Papa's also created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all this with only five years of being in the business, soon to be six, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products out there, and becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, benefiting children's charities across the U.S. as well. Just the beginning, folks. That's right, just the beginning. BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Dan Uledal coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, thanks for joining me. This portion of the show is being brought to you by iGrill, makers of the most advanced Bluetooth grilling thermometers out there. 
Monitor your stuff from up to 150 feet away using your Apple or Android device this month. Receive 15% off the iGrill Pitmaster set with code CENTRAL. You get an iGrill 2, a Pro Ambient Temperature Pro, Pro Meat Probe, and Barbecue Sauce by award-winning Smokin' Hogs Barbecue Team. Wow, it's the ultimate Pitmaster's dream. Shop at iDevicesInc.com. By the way, uh, I meant to wear this last week, but this is a finally, finally, the Ben's Avengers t-shirt is on. Here we go. It's a little pink. I understand that, but uh, I the story that goes along with me trying to get this shirt is uh, long, to say the least. However, I uh, digress from that. Uh, joining me now is a competition barbecue cook. Yes. And... Makes a hugely efficient product out there for anybody that likes injecting. Uh, sponsor of this show, we race to the hotline. And welcome Dan Ulladall to the show. Dan, how well, are you, buddy? Well, hello. I'm great. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm absolutely fabulous, Dan. Appreciate you uh, making time for the show tonight. And, uh, you know, I guess before we get started, um, you know, for the folks that uh, didn't hear our first interview or haven't really uh, traipsed back through some of the backlog of shows recently... Uh, you know, a little background about you and uh, your competition chops, uh, no pun intended, and, and then I guess we can talk a little bit more about the unit itself. Well, about me, let's see here. Um, I have been competing for four years now, um, probably right around oh, 20 contests total. Um, finished top 10 in of them. Uh, got a couple of Risperb Grand Championships under my belt. Uh, Mainly here in the Midwest, around Kansas City, within about 200 miles. That's that's kind of my competition circle for now. Um, as I hone in on uh, getting my chops up, if you want to keep going with the puns. Uh, you're uh, you're a Kansas City based guy, though, right? Yeah, I am. I am uh, born and raised, born and bred right here in downtown Kansas City. Um, I. Uh, I work for the city. I'm a police officer here. So I've got, you know, Kansas City running through and through. So it's hard to, with my schedule, with my job, it's hard to go out every weekend like a lot of people with regular nine-to-five jobs and things like that. But I do the best I can to try to get out there and hit it as hard as I can when I do get out. And I do cook a lot and tinker a lot. I've built my own. Uh, my own, my main smoker, I built it. My trailer, I built it um, just with ideas in my head. And the same thing with the injector. It was a idea I had after our first season. Um, we were injecting with a single needle. We went to contests and we injected. Uh, we spilt the injection all over the table. Uh, we had injectors break right when we needed them. And it was... Uh, what what happens is when you start cooking competition barbecue and you win a couple of awards, you share it with your friends and family. And today's day and age of social media, you have a lot more friends and family that you can immediately talk to. They wanted food. So I started catering. Catering gigs start, turned into weddings. Weddings, 100, 200 people. And I wanted my stuff to taste the same as it would if I was trying to win an award with it. So I wanted to inject. Well, after the first 100-person wedding, my arm hurt, my hand hurt, so I went out to the garage and I started researching different ways to make a, a, a more powerful injector 
something that would work faster. And the closest I can, I, I, I've gotten to now is, uh, three, $4,000 injectors that they use in meat shops. Well, I can't afford that. And not really any other guy that's doing a 200 person wedding every, every month or something like that. So I started tinkering and I came up with shop star injector systems. So, so from, now we, from, we from, have a better, better way to inject. From when you started to, you know, going, hey, there's got to be a better way. The $4,000 ones aren't going to cut it. Uh, so you start tinkering. And as you said, you're kind of a, a man of ingenuity as well uh, with the cookers and some of the other stuff. So, I mean, you got that track record behind you. But how long does it take from, like, you know, the first uh, version of the CHOPS power injector to the one that we see that's available for sale now. And there are, you know, three different uh, types of CHOPS power injectors as well. Right, right. We have three different ones. Um, the prototypes, there was only, let's say, a half dozen prototypes. Um, and those were the ones that I used that first year, um, changing uh, the spacing between the needles, changing the materials, uh, figuring out how I can mass produce it. So I, I, I devised it in my head. So I took so long to get parts um, together and gather it up to make it, to make it what it is. Um, I only had to build two or three prototypes before I settled on kind of what this was going to turn into production wise. Um, at the very first, I found a bottle that I could use off the shelf of the local hardware store that I could clean up and make relatively food safe for the first hundred or so that worked. And then I, I found a company that had a food safe bottle. So I had a food safe bottle, um, and I had to buy a certain amount of, and after that first, uh, six months or a year, I bought, bought into the, the company that, that gives me the food safe bottles and hoses and triggers. Um, their minimum order was pretty large. But once I got over that initial hump and I got some traction, I was able to to buy more and more and, and make it so we have a food-safe product that we can put out also. Dan Uladal is joining me here on the show, creators of the CHOPS Power Injector System. The website, by the way, is Barbecue Kansas City. That's barbecue with a Q, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, KansasCity.com. And you can uh, check out all the, the different options there. Uh, Dan, I, I guess since we're talking about options, if you want to kind of run down the, the product line and uh, give us some ideas of price points and, you know, what uh, what capacities. Well, the number one seller is the half-gallon chops power injector. Standard. Um, it comes with four 14-gauge 2-inch needles. That works great for your butcher's barbecue injections and your Cosmos powder-style injections. You mix with water or juice. Um, just step up your game and go into adding spices, um, your medium cracked peppers and stuff like that. You're going to want to upgrade your needle size. So I have, I've come up with four different uh, sizes and shape needles. Not shape, really, but uh, you have two-inch 12-gauge needles. It's about double the bore of a 14-gauge needle. And I've got those in two-inch, three-inch, and four-inch. Um, when you're getting into your four-inch needles, those work great on the full power injector, and uh, those work great for whole hogs. Um, I also have a closed tip needle, which comes stock in your your everyday single needle injectors. Um, I found the source to get those, and those are great for an all-around, let's inject a lot of stuff without any hassle. And I'm talking like if you're doing four or five pork butts, you can 
inject, 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 and you're not going to end up plugging up the needles. If you do, you're probably doing something just a little bit awkward to make it do that. Um, I have upgrade parts that comes with uh, plastic needle adapters where you put your screw your needle to your to the head. Um, the metal needle adapters really help make it kind of a bulletproof bulletproof system. Um, so we have the half gallon number one seller that is that retails for around a hundred dollars plus shipping. Um, the gallon unit is great for your caterers for everybody that does quite a bit of injecting. Um, especially now we're coming up on Thanksgiving's coming up super fast and all of us guys that do a lot of barbecue stuff will be cooking turkeys and you need to inject those turkeys, keep that moisture up, get that flavor deep in there. Yep. So the gallon injector is great for your turkeys. And then, um, the, the big one, the full power injector system, 120 volts, um, it operates around 60 PSI, uses the same trigger and same head. Um, I put a six-foot hose on it and a three, three or four-foot pickup tube so you can drop the pickup tube into a bucket of injection or a 55-gallon drum of injection, whatever, however much you want to use, wow. and you can inject all day long. But you need uh, you need power for that one for sure, though. Right. It's 120 volts, so it's a regular wall outlet. Um most places we go nowadays, contest-wise, has power, has some kind of power. If you have a generator or they have provided electricity, so you can um, work that out pretty good. You can also use an inverter if you needed to, if you're on a low-power area. So those, that's the rundown of the injectors. Um, they're all pretty awesome. We won 2015 product of the year. Um, we... Uh, strive to have the best customer service that is possible. Uh, you can call me, you can email me, you can text me, you can send me on Facebook, message me, I'll answer your questions. I'll, if you've decided to come up with some weird problem, I can usually figure it out and tell you what's what you need to do to fix it. Um, like I said, I don't like the way customer service is done today with a lot of companies. And I want to strive to have top-notch customer service and have a great product to back it up. You know, Dan, the thing that I really like the most about it and, uh, well, A, it's efficiency, right? So, uh, you know, what I've found out after using it, you know, probably 10 or 15 times now is with one single needle, I didn't, I've never run into it breaking or, you know, tipping a bunch of juice over or whatever, like you would run into, which is, you know, a travesty in its own right. But for me, it's all about time and efficiency and making the, the best use of the free time that I have. So when I can inject, you know, five times the amount of pork butts or briskets than I could with a single needle, I mean, to me, that is huge. I can put a, a dollar amount to my time and I think that, you know, there's certain products out there that you hear over and over about how good they are, but you see, you know, whatever the price point is on them, and people get a little apprehensive, and then once they buy it, and they use it, and they're like, oh, damn it, you know, I wish I would have bought this six months ago, or a year ago, or whatever it was, and I've done it a bunch of times myself, you know, this is one that probably kind of falls into that, you know, thing, you know, 100 bucks, I mean, it's kind of... It's not. It's not huge it's money, right? But I mean, it's definitely return on investment uh, a billion times over. 
Yeah, and I agree 100%, and I hear I hear that every day from people that are, I was apprehensive to buy it. Now that I've got it, I don't know why I, oh, I did it the other absolutely. way for so many years. Absolutely. You know, I, I was talking, I was on a, another show um, last week um, with, on one of the other uh, blog talks stuff, uh, Lori Frezzi. Um, she, she wanted to talk about my turning boxes. I, I shared a picture of the turning boxes from the Royal and it got on there. And I told her, you know, once you, you go do a whole hog with the old style, even with the, the $150, um, plastic brine pump, that's a nice dirty name. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't understand why people want to work that hard to inject. That thing's got a, I think, a one-foot draw, and you've got a pump, and then you've got to move it. It's a single needle, it's a giant single needle, and you can get, you can move a lot of fluid, but it still is going to take forever. Yeah. I did four whole hogs up at the Royal with my full power injector. I helped. I did one, um, and another guy borrowed it and did his. Another guy borrowed it and did his, and then another guy borrowed it and did his. Well, one of the other teams was still injecting from the time we started with the first one. They were still injecting theirs by hand. Yeah. And they were out there cussing and sweating and hurting and, you know, using uh, probably spit jacks and single needle dollar injectors. And it's just so much work. I just, I, you know, it's, an, it's worth the investment. And if you take care of the product, it's going to last forever. Uh, with the with the pump up units, all you got to do is put a little bit of mineral oil in the pump, and in the uh, trigger system every once in a while, and it'll last forever. I mean, I had a, a restaurant here locally that used it every day for nine months. I went and looked at it, and all I had to replace were the needles. I took the pump apart and looked at the rubbers. These guys used it every single day on on forty to sixty briskets, and all I had to do was replace the the needles, and I upgraded them to metal needle adapters. They were still using the original plastic needle adapters. You know, you can't, you, you buy a $1,000 TV and throw it away in two years now. This thing is going <laughs> to last you, you know, for for years as long as you just put a little bit of maintenance forth on it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, uh, again, the, the, the time that you save by using it is uh, absolutely fat. And if I can you know, keep it uh, maintenanced and I can perform uh, all of the injection stuff without any issue that anybody can do it because I'm a, the, the least handy person out there. So uh, this is something that's easy to use. And uh, again, as I said, don't make the mistake of continuing to teeter on a fence if this is what you've been, you know, especially if you've been listening to me do it, you know, for the read every, uh, you know, every show, every Tuesday, uh, get off the fence and, and get down on it and, uh, you know, get reaching, get in touch with Dan if you have any questions, of course. And, you know, you're going to help everybody out and make sure that they feel comfortable uh, with the purchase that they're going to make. Are, are there any other, like, products that are sitting out in the uh, the biosphere from uh, BarbecueKansasCity.com, Dan, that you can tell us about? Oh, nothing currently. I don't know what this winter will bring. You know, I might uh, – one of the guys um, – that wins a lot of contests really wants me to make him a even smaller version where he can, um, how check the flow rate 
you know, right now we don't have, there's no measurable way unless I put another hundred dollar device on it to, to measure exactly how much goes in for a trigger pull. And that's how specific he is. Yeah. You know, he wants to know every time I pull that trigger, is it five cc's, is it a tablespoon, whatever, you know, how much is going where. So I'm, I might start tinkering with uh, trying to get another type out. It's hard to, it's really hard to say. It depends on what I can find to work with. Um, I really wanted to have like a quarter gallon, the baby version that maybe has two needles on it or something of that sort. So you could do, you know, these guys would do a contest every weekend, man. They're doing one brisket, they're doing two butts. Um, and that's typically all they're injecting. So they don't need a lot of injection. So they, they, they don't want a big tool to take up too much space. I'm all about, let's get as much inject, injection in my contest stuff. And I do very well whenever I, I do go out. So I think uh, the last time we talked, I, I went to a contest the next week and ended up getting third overall. So, you know, um, we both had, you know, I was going against him. He, of course, won, but uh, there's there's different schools of thought on how to, how much to inject and, and uh, what tools to, to use to do it. So, Dan Uladal is joining me from Chops Power Injector Systems. Again, the website is barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, barbecuekansascity.com. You can find all the products there and, uh, you know, order them off, man. Don't uh, feel, especially like Dan said, if you're doing something uh, where you're, uh, in, in, you're injecting, uh, this is going to help you out a tremendous amount. Dan, anything else before I let you go tonight? And I appreciate the time. Um. Not, not that I really know of. I'm going down to. I know, I know you have some good, good uh, uh, luck with people that are going to compete the next weekend after they talk to you. So I'm going down to Dallas this weekend and and competing in the first inaugural Dallas Kosher Barbecue Contest. If that's not a uh, mouthful. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so everything that's cooked has to be kosher. Everything that you cook with, cook on, and cook has to be kosher. Are, are there like on-site rabbis to to make that happen, there, or is this all has to be done beforehand? There, there are many on-site rabbis. Yeah, wow. Um, they they come out. Um, the whole cook is supervised by several rabbis, and and there's interesting things I didn't know about the first time I I started. Uh, this is my. This will be my third kosher contest, and it's great fun. It'd be uh, great for someone like you because you don't really have to supply anything. You you sign the check, and they supply everything. You can bring in, like uh, I I ordered a, a new thermopin, I ordered a new pigtail turner, um, a new uh, sauce brush because I'm partial to those certain things. Yeah. Um, some wire racks because I know they won't have wire racks to put my chicken on after I duck it. So you'll have certain things you can bring in unused. I typically like to see them in package that I, you know, so that whenever there's no question and the same thing with my injector, I'll take a brand new injector um, down there and use it exclusively for, for the kosher contest. And typically I'll, I'll sell it for a discount to the, to somebody there. They'll, they'll be so intrigued by it, they'll want one. Yeah, of course. Um, that's worked the last two 
poster contest. Um, but I'll take several with me, and, and I think there's a store down there that wants to carry chops injectors, so they'll get to, to save on shipping and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, the, everything you cook has to be coaster. Um, there's rabbis walking around. They have to light the, the fire too. So they have to actually light your pit hmm. for the, for the meat to be closer. It has to be, the fire has to be started by a rabbi. Wow. Uh, and another interesting part of it, but I can make as good quality barbecue that I would turn in for a regular KCBS contest at these contests because the ingre- all the ingredients are there. You just got to be able to put them together. So the kosher contest, they're, they're a blast. They really are. Um, if you can find a kosher contest near where you're at, uh, they're, they're a ball. And uh, all these all the people that are there want to learn how to cook better. So it's great fun. I get to go in there and talk and, and uh, help teach people, give them tips on what I would do in a regular contest versus what I would do in a kosher contest. Uh, things like that. It's they're really a blast. Um, we have we have one up in Kansas City here. I'd like to get out to a few more of them. Uh, our uh, Mendel, who uh, runs our kosher one in Kansas City, is kind of like the reigning champion of uh, of kosher contests. Hmm. Whenever he goes out of town, so he's. I also cook on his team. Whenever he cooks KCBS, whenever he finds a Saturday Sunday contest. Um, he will have me come in and I'll do pork and pork ribs as, as part of his team. So, um, he can, he can compete fully into a KCBS contest and have somebody that can potentially win those two categories, put those two categories and he'll take care of it and he'll turn in kosher chicken and kosher brisket. Cool. Well, uh, you have the uh, the show Karma, which attaches. You show up on a Tuesday, so uh, I would imagine that you have nothing but uh, great finishes coming your way here this coming weekend. Uh, again, Dan Uladol, Chops Power Injector System, BarbecueKansasCity.com. Dan, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you, Rick. You got it. There he is, Dan Uladol, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, this, this, uh, oh, what did I do with it? Did I stop it? Maybe I didn't. This product is great. Don't get off the fence, folks. Get off the fence and get it. You're going to be happy you did. Oh, my God, am I happy. Forget it. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack. The American Royals just ended a few weeks ago. Jack Daniels Championship getting ready to start this weekend. Cook Shack will help prepare you for these events next year. Now until October 20th. Uh, folks, that's tonight. All the competition-sanctioned commercial-listed Fast Eddies by Cook Shack Pellet Smokers are on sale. Also included in the sale are the trailer models, the FE 300, 500, and 750. These units will help you get to the winner's circle. Just mention promo code WIN when you place your order with Cook Shack's courteous professional sales team. You can also order these units online at cookshack.com. The Fast Eddies by Cook Shack Pellet Smokers are the choice of many competition teams on the circuit. Why do these award-winning pitmasters prefer Cook Shack pellet smokers? Todd Johns of Plowboys considers his FEC 200s, I'm sorry, 100s, a member of his cooking team that handles fire management. He can cook by himself. Doesn't have to worry about his temperatures. They're going to be consistent. He can roll into a contest at 6 p.m., prep his meat, be ready to cook quickly. The Fast Eddies by Cook Shack pellet smokers put you in control so you can concentrate on your flavor profiles and making those turn-in boxes. 
These units feature a digital cook shack, IQ5 controller to let you set, smoke, cook, rest, and hold temperatures. The heat and the flavor source is 100% food-grade wood pellets. It's a heat that is controlled by a fully automated pellet system, which produces very little ash compared to the stick burners. Act quickly. Take advantage of the 10% off the list price on these award-winning quality-built units. Use promo code WIN to get the savings. Call them 800-423-0698 or order online at cookshack.com. All right. Let's uh, head to the second hour here. Give me one second to kind of catch up, and we'll be right back. Stick around. This is Chad Hayden with Miss Miner's Barbecue, the 19th annual Jack Daniels World Barbecue Champion, and this is Barbecue Central. Big name interviews. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, how you doing? We have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate two feet for Wiener. Listen, Liberty, it's a shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have some men working on it right now. <laughs> all right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Thanks again to Dan Uledahl from Chops Power Injector System and Stephen Reichlin for joining me last segment. Still to come on the show tonight, the monthly barbecue roundtable and uh, Daniel Vaughn. Stay tuned for that. Everybody loves that. But before we get into that, you know we're going to do the weekly barbecue roundup. So let's get into that. Oh, yeah. Chuck, play it for me, Chuck. Come on, Chuck. Oh, yeah. Bring me back to another time. Oh, oh yeah, baby. Uh, folks, this is your weekly barbecue roundup for the weekend of October 16th and 17th. Up first, KCBS. Smoking in the Foothills Barbecue Competition and Festival. Lenore North Carolina's Revenge Barbecue winning with a 709.1. Big Buffalo Crossing Barbecue in Mud- Munfordville, Kentucky. Spitfire winning that one with a 687.3. Ohio Smoked Meat Barbecue Festival winning that one. Gray Street Barbecue with a 702.3. Mid-South Barbecue Festival. Mount, Fe- uh, Mount Pleasant, Tennessee winning that one. Smoke Me Silly with a 703.9. Tenth Annual Lamb's Farm Barn Burner Barbecue. Libertyville, Illinois winning that one. Yellow River Barbecue with a 689 flat. Harper County Bullseye Barbecue in Harper, Kansas. Winning that one, Porky Butts Barbecue with a 703.9. Balloons Bike Blues and Barbecue. Parsons, Kansas. Winning at Iowa Smoky D's Barbecue with a 691.9. Shenandoah Valley Barbecue Fest. Woodstock, Virginia. Winning at 420Q with a 694.8. Grills and Grills. Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Kick it in. Little Pig Town winning that one with a 697.1. Oh, yeah. 
All right, now let's move down south to Texas. The International Barbecue Cookers Association. B County, Go Texan, Blazing Saddles, Beeville, Texas. Winning that one, Family Grillers, their first grand championship. Congratulations to them. How about the Commonwealth County Sheriff's Posse Barbecue Roundup in New Braunfields, Texas? 46 teams in there. Winning that one, show favorite, Ernest Cervantes, Burt Bean Company. Yeah. Wild West Cookoff, Atkins, Texas. Winning that one, two sauce to pork, two. Hill Country Shootout Barbecue in Leander, Texas. Winning that one, flirting with fire. Oh, yeah. Benbrook Barbecue, Benbrook, Texas. Winning that one, Chat and Chew. The Oktoberfest, Coachella, California. Winning that one, Hickory and Spice Barbecue. Rosevine, Gravehill Benefit, Hemp Hill, Texas. Tequila Sunrise Barbecue wins that one. That's two grand championships in a row for them. Let's move to the Texas Gulf Coast. Barbecuing for boobies, ladies auxiliary, VFW Post 2427, Tumball, Texas. Joe's uh, Cool Hands Barbecue wins that one. Let's go to the Lone Star Barbecue Society. Early Pioneer Days cook-off, Early Texas, winning that one, Smoking Chops Barbecue. And that is your weekly barbecue roundup. Yeah. Thanks to Chuck Mangione, everybody. <laughs> Top three right now. Blake Moody. Several star children were made because of that jam. I'm one of them. I'm a star. Count me. I did it. Who doesn't love a little Chuck Mangione, man? That stuff is smooth like butter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I mentioned at the top that the Jack Daniels is this weekend. A storied competition, one that everybody wants to win. And, you know, this is one of the ones that everybody, you know, really hopes to to win before they put out the fires for good and hopes that they get invited to this year or that year, whatever year that they're competing. Good luck to all of those competing. Good luck to you. But let me point out something that is glaringly wrong with this picture. Someone who lays it down for the barbecue world each and every week in many different ways continues to get left all the judge. I'm sorry. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Continues to get left off the judges list for this event every year. No names, please. I mean, what the hell? What does a guy or gal have to do to get a freaking invite to this thing? I mean, Clint Cantwell gets an invite. That bag can't hardly string together two coherent sentences. Ever. He goes like every year. Who the hell is he? Why does he get to go? And there's others that are even worse than that guy to get to go over here. I mean, come on. It's my time. 
I mean, it's somebody's time who shall remain nameless. Look, sour grapes for no name is 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 uh, sour grapes no names please. I don't. You're damn right it is. Sounds like it. Damn right. It very might well be sour grapes for this no-named person that shall remain nameless. Because rule number one of the show, of course, is no names, please. Of course, that being said, this person, you know, would probably get an invite and then decline because they're, like, way too busy. But it's the thought that counts, I think. In the end, like anything, it's the thought that counts. Uh, top three right now in the Kansas City Barbecue Society's Team of the Year points race, and it is rapidly coming to a close, and it is freaking close. I think they're all at their 10, and now if they're competing, they're just trying to replace the lowest score to eke ahead. Uh, I think the point spread between one and two, number one, Clark Crew Barbecue, Travis Clark, number two, the American Dream Barbecue Team. And then, uh, I mean, I, I hate to say distant third, but come on. Uh, Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey D's. We're coming into November here shortly. So there could be, you know, years ago, there was a hotly contested three-team race that went down to the literal bitter end. And Rod Gray from Pellet Envy ended up taking away, and uh, Darren Worth was involved in that one, along with Steve Farron of I Smell Smoke. It was cataclysmic in nature. Great for my show, by the way. Always had interviews with, you know, the three as they were coming down, and, man, that was great. Good times, good times. So those are your top three, and uh, we're going to get ready for the monthly barbecue roundtable coming up. Before we get into that, I'm going to talk to you about the longest-running sponsor of the show, located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices, these are the people that started it. Don't go anywhere else. Why would you buy from anybody else? It's patently ridiculous. If you're not familiar with how these little beauties work, I'm not going to get it into the minute detail, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature at one set, Keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sounded good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today because maybe you're a busy working professional or perhaps you are constantly on the run with the kids, the doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have that time to set around and tend the pit temps. Guru allows you to throw on a pork butter brisket, a couple slabs of ribs. You're off to do whatever it is that need to get done. Guru maintains that pit temperature Saturday. Currently a number of different models to choose from, two of the most popular, CyberQ Wi-Fi, of course. If you have any type of a smart device, you can link it up to that. You can uh, see where your internal temperatures of your meat are, multiples of those. You can actually control two different pits if you wanted to, for crying out loud. Other side of the fence is the Party Q. It's $149. Bucks. Controls one cooker. There's no internal meat probes or anything like that. It's the cruise control for multiple pits if you want. You can take it from one to the next to the next little extra money on the ceramic-style cookers because of the vent at the bottom and that particular adapter. But it's a self-contained package. Runs on AA batteries. Perfect. If you're in the market for the cooker, look for the Onyx Oven. You know it works seamlessly with the Barbecue Guru Pit Temperature Control Devices. Do yourself a flavor. 
Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. 800-288-GURU. 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru uh, continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, here we go. Uh, We're going to reload. We're going to round up the barbecue round table participants. And we're going to have a a slobber knocker of opinions, I hope. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back, everybody. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, this portion of the show is being brought to you by... How the freak do I get out of this? There we go. Uh, Green Mountain Grills. That's right. Manufacture some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a ton of food, they got one for you. Medium size. Got you covered there, too. Something to take on the tailgates. They can do that as well. Also got pellets to fire those cookers. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. I love mine. You could love yours as well if you just visit the damn website. All right. As I said before, it's a monthly occurrence with uh, takes that may or may not have anything to do with the world of barbecue and grilling. Joining me now, Bill Minahan, Chad Warner, and Robin Lindars for the monthly barbecue roundtable. Uh, hold on now. Hold on one damn second here. I see uh, Bill is looking incredibly sexy, of course. <laughs> uh, Chad is uh, also online here, uh, but I do not see Robin. Where is she? Where did she go? Hold on one second. Okay, guys, I'm going to hang up real quick. I'll try and get her. If not, we'll dump her, and it'll just be a sausage fest here, okay? <laughs> hold on. You don't have to laugh at that if you don't want for crying out loud. Let's see what happens. It call failed. What the hell? Good news and bad news, guys. The good news is it's a sausage fest. <laughs> Guess what the bad news is? It's a sausage fest. That's all right. All right, so here we are. It's the monthly barbecue roundtable. Uh, and joining me tonight, as I had mentioned uh, just a few seconds ago, uh, Bill Minahan. Bill, if you could, maybe a uh, little... Intro on you and, uh, you know, what your uh, competition experience is. Uh, you're, you're very well Jack Danieled up in, uh, I would imagine, uh, for the impending weekend. So uh, you're the, the stage is yours, my friend. Yeah, so um, we started cooking as a competition t- team, uh, Q and a Half Men, about four. Well, we just finished our fourth season. Um, we have competed in 60 contests in that period of time. 
and we have about uh, I think uh, four grand champions, five reserve champions. Went to the Jack last year. We got the invite last year. First place, Cook's Choice, right here. So uh, gonna brag a little bit. And, uh, we're all pumped up to get to the Jack uh, this year, but uh, we got a little unlucky and uh, didn't make the draws. And uh, we're sitting home this year. So you got know that bump. that shirt that you're wearing is highly illegal. We, we wore them all last year oh. right at the Jack, and no one said a word. Oh, so my Lord. I know other teams that have had very similar-looking shirts that have been sent nasty grams by uh, Brown Foreman. Nevertheless, uh, also joining me this evening is Chad Warner. Chad, how are you, buddy? Good. How are you? Good. little uh, background on you and uh, what you're up to. Uh, I have a competition team as well. It's called uh, Yes Dear Barbecue. We've been competing for about four years now in uh, South Carolina Barbecue. Florida barbecue and KCBS. Do you have a, uh, a, a, I mean, for a guy that spreads himself across sanctioning bodies, I mean, do you like bits and pieces of each one and that's why you do it? Or do you have a favorite one and because of where you're positioned, you have to do some others? Well, I think we, we, we prefer KCBS, um, but, but where we're at, uh, there isn't a whole lot around us. So we kind of pick and choose what contests are around us. All right. Uh, so let's go back to Bill here. Uh, Bill, uh, the effort and idea of this particular segment is that, uh, you know, what if majority of the time we'd like it to do with barbecue and grilling. Uh, mine is not going to have anything to do with barbecue and grilling tonight because I was uh, called out as a man over the weekend and we're going to address that. Uh, but if it has something to do with barbecue or grilling, doesn't always have to be competition related, obviously. But, you know, the, the floor is yours, Bill. Go ahead and have at it. Sure thing. So, um, you know, when we do competition barbecue um, as a competitor, it, there's there's a big um, commitment there. And we do anywhere between 14 and 20 competitions a year. So when we go out and cook, we're spending about 800 to $1,200 every time we go. There's a lot of time we put in prepping, going grocery shopping, ordering the different products, um, a lot of energy that goes into it. And um, the board, the Kansas City Barbecue Society board, just recently had a motion brought before them, and it kind of reads, I'll kind of abbreviate a little bit, but it says um, they wanted to make the change of, it was recommended by um, one of the uh, one of the uh, reps, or one of the uh, representatives there, uh, one of the board members, but judging will be done by a team of six persons at each judging table. KCBS reps will determine the optimum number of tables of judges needed to pr- properly judge the contest. And this is the part where I really liked. In no case will a quantity of uh, three tables of judges ever be allowed to judge any type of KCBS sanctioned contest. So what that basically means is in, in, in the New England area, we have a, a number of contests where there's only one competition uh, in that state. Mainly one of the big ones is Maine. It's an automatic for the Jack. And it also, uh, with it being an automatic to the Jack, it also, um, you know, sometimes will draw a, a bunch of teams. Sometimes it only gets 15 or 16 teams that show up. Uh, because of the, how, how where it's at, and um, one of the things about this is, if there's only th- if there's three tables, what happens is the odds are your your, your food has to go to another table t- twice. There, and as we all know, there's lucky, there's good tables, there's mediocre tables, and there's tables of death. And if your food hits that table, that table of death twice, you're done. You're 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 eliminated. I thought this was a great motion to go before the board. And I am shocked, and I'm I'm, I'm really um, d- disappointed with the board because um, you know they got th- was failed four to seven, 
And uh, I thought this would be a no-brainer move to be, be able to balance out, you know, competition barbecue, especially in smaller competitions. We've had all these changes with score. Being able to, we, we've talked about um, being able to seat judges properly at, at these competitions and make it more fair. There hasn't been a whole lot of movement there. This is a real easy one and a real game changer for small competitions. And we in the board couldn't even support that. So really disappointed in the board. So, and again, just to be clear, this is uh, eliminating uh, the potential three tables and only making it two? Yeah, so if there was a situation where um, there was 15 teams, they try to put six judges per, per, ta- per, uh, per, per, per table. So in this case, you could just do four tables. So you'd have your food separated out between, between uh, four tables instead of three. The nice thing about that is, as a judge also, you know, by the time you get the chicken, sometimes you get chicken with chicken thighs and ri- and uh, and you know maybe wings or maybe even uh, drumsticks in there. Uh, ribs are pretty much self-explanatory. We serve up three different types of pork, uh, money muscle chopped and pulled, and we're giving you sometimes two to three different types of brisket served up. So by the time you're done judging, you know, you just even our boxes, you're going to be pretty well full. Imagine doing that six times. Even if even if you go if you're a judge in a contest, you only get four turn-ins. Especially here in New England, we're packing boxes to the, to the, to the, they can't even close them. I mean, you're full when you leave anyway. So I don't see this as a really big, big deal. Uh, Chad, your thoughts? Um, well, my thoughts were actually, my rant, I should say, was, was kind of going to expand on that rant and just be more about the table of death in general and kind of uneven judging in general. Um, All right, Chad, then so hold, Bill- hold on one second. If you're going to okay. add on to that, then let me give a... Uh, Look, I'm no competitor, right? I mean, I think uh, we can. We all know that, uh, and I have for for exactly the reason that you said, Bill, because it's costing you eight hundred to twelve hundred dollars. When I could go ahead and uh, have a huge party here in my house, potentially get so shit faced I would black out and vomit on the floor. I mean, I could do that at a competition too, but I would rather do it in the uh, sanctity of my own house. Uh, so you know, that's just one of the many reasons why uh, I haven't went into the foray of competition barbecue. But let me play devil's advocate here. A lot of the teams are worried about hitting the table of death, but is it fair then where if you hit the angel tables, so maybe you cook maybe a little bit better than average or not your stellar mark. So if you cook your best barbecue and you hit two tables of death, as you said, you're screwed. What if you hit the angel table and average barbecue? Doesn't it uh, even out to a certain degree over time or or no? Go ahead, Chad. You want to take that? Yeah, uh, well, technically, sure. But the problem is is that you do have angel tables and you do have tables of death. And I think the the bigger issue is that they have a way to track the judges' scores now. So they should be able to kind of seat the judges according to their average scores or make all of the judges judge – to a certain criteria instead of I took this class five years ago, so I'm going to judge this way. I took this class last year in a different state, so I'm going to judge this way. So what happens is, I mean, it's I'm not faulting the judges. I'm faulting the system. Go ahead, Bill. No, no, and, and, and I, I agree with, um, with, with Chad wholeheartedly. The reason why we, I go out and compete is obviously there's not a whole lot of sports that fat overweight uh, 45-year-olds could actually throw down and have a competition at. And uh, being able to do that may have to cost me a 1000 bucks. We have a great time, though, too. I mean, it is money spent, but it, it, there, is a, there is a good time that's had there, too. Um, but, I mean, I just want to be judged fairly, and that's what the real story is. I, I want my food to go into these judges, and I understand everybody has different tastes, and we're trying to, I think as cooks, we're trying to give you a product that can 
if even even you're not uh, if you're on a bad table quote unquote we still want to be the best on that table even if so even if we hit the worst table there i still want to be number one on that table meaning that my, my food was graded the best when i hit that table and 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 it's just really um frustrating when some contest organizers just see people wherever they want and they may even know that um you know these judges are lower scorers and, and it just really screws with the ability to to score well and it feels like a waste of money or a waste of the weekend uh robin are you there I'm here. Turn your camera on. Your camera's off. Oh, I thought I turned it on. I'm a little retarded tonight. I'm sorry, oh, did you say retarded? Watch out. You're going to offend somebody. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, hey, there she is. Look at There's Robin, everybody. All right. You, you made it. No more sausage fest. Yeah, that's right. Finally. Uh, Robin feels right to place. Three men. There you go. Of course, always surrounded by the weird barbecue dudes, no doubt about it, unfortunately. Sorry for sorry for your luck, Robin. No, I love it. You know, my husband says he married a frat boy. I'm kind of like the, the son my father never had, so I feel right at home. <laughs> All right, uh, so we'll get to you here in a second, Robin. Uh, Chad, go ahead and uh, expand, I guess, as you were saying on uh, Bill's point with your uh, particular rant tonight. Well, what happened in my particular instance was a couple weekends ago, we uh, competed in a contest here in Lyons, Georgia, and... Um, had a direct uh, impact of the table of death. Um, we had three top ten calls and uh, a twenty first call in pork. Um, and looking at the scores, our score at twenty first was the second highest score on that particular table. So anybody that hit that table in pork or brisket were out of the contest altogether. Um, which you know technically cost me and my team probably a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars um because we went from you know being in the money in fifth place to being out of the money at eighth place um so you know just again balancing the tables out coming up with a system where you don't have a table of death or a table of angels uh would be the best way to do it do you have any i mean is there any reason that you can think of why I mean, it seems like such a, an easy solution and something that you could do, you know, uh, the, the day in advance of, you know, knowing where the judges are and, and what their track record is like, why you wouldn't go ahead and, and make that available for the judge or for the competitors so they feel like they're – I just don't feel like you guys ever have a, a firm belief that, uh, you know, what's happening inside the tent is, is all fair and square there, whether it's in your hands or not. I, I think the challenge is you got to do it on the fly because – you know, a lot of times you'll have judges. I mean, you hear stories from reps that judges sign up for these events, don't call, don't do anything, and then, and then they don't show up to the contest, and then they're out of luck. So even if you have a, situ- a situation where they actually sign up and they have, you know, a set group of people that they expect to be there, may or may not show up that day. So uh, it's, it's it's hard on the reps, but they're you know, but every every person they have should be on a list, and they should know where they sit, and then they can just go stand in line, and you know, okay, your table one, your table two, your table three. Doesn't seem that much difficult, more difficult, but it is a little bit more work. And I'm not sure if the reps don't want to do the work, or the organizer or the the organization KCBS doesn't want to make mandate it that that has to be done. Robin, do you have any uh, thoughts on judging and tables of death and, and anything like that? I mean, you're kind of like me. You're not a, a huge competitor, but you do talk to, you know, some of the, the top teams out there. 
So do you so mean table stats like getting just a bunch of all the really shitty hard judges at one table and then all the really good ones so that you're just kind of screwed depending on where your where your box is at? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I'd you know, say there's a lot of luck involved, which I think is is really what really makes it hard for me. Okay, hold hold on, hold on one second. Somebody can can you guys mute or maybe Bill? Can you mute your your uh, speakers for a second? Sure thing. Hold on. Robin's feeding back here, and I'm trying to pinpoint where that's come from. All right, try again. So I think a lot of it is just luck of the draw, unfortunately, which which really sucks because um, kind of like what you were saying, you're you're spending a ton of money and getting the wrong table can really just hurt you so bad. So I think that's the tough part about barbecue competitions in general is that it's so there's a lot of luck and it can be very subjective, um, even though it's not supposed to be, you know? So, um, I mean, I've judged some competitions and I mean, honestly, I wouldn't say we were angel, you know, the angel table or the death table. It was just that by the time you've eaten so much food at the end, you're not really giving the last box. It's fair shot just because you're just your brain's like oh my god i'm in a food coma right now so i think that it's it's hard to be super uh what's the word i'm looking looking for i think just the 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 contest itself you're you're almost kind of kind of getting stuck with the luck of the draw from the get-go anyway so there's a lot of chance and luck involved with barbecue competitions yeah, not that i'm not yeah. saying that really kick-ass people don't win over and over again but i think that sometimes you you can get screwed just accidentally, you know, just because that's the way it is. Yeah, and I think uh, that's uh, that's the point these guys are trying to make tonight for sure. So, uh, guys, uh, anything else before we uh, let Robin say her piece here? Yeah, no problem. I just want to add to that. I yeah. mean, when we go to a competition, we'd size up the field. If there's 35 teams there, you look at who the past champions are that won contest before. People that are on the cusp, somebody like Patrick Paquette, who goes out there from New England, a uh, basic bar between team. Just gets a win, you know, recently. He was oh. on my radar all year long, knowing that he was ready to crack a win. But you look at that group and you go, okay, there's 12 teams here that are going to possibly win. And I don't mean, I don't mind being a luck to draw with those 12 teams because it could be any one of those 12 teams any given Sunday. Or could, but, and the odds of it coming from left field is pretty small. So I don't mind that being the luck factor. And that's what we try to cook to. But sometimes, you know, anything in the case to be asked that they could do to minimize that the, the, uh, the judges affecting the, the the day in a negative way would be great. Yeah, and and plus uh, in the end we're we're dealing with human beings, which is the worst part of everything. I mean, human beings are terrible. Look at this guy, Robin. Do you see this guy? I mean, he is chugging Jack Daniels. Like, what is that flavor, Jack Daniels, or like the the special uh, Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels? This is um Jack Daniels fire, delicious oh, fire. What does it got like cinnamon flavor to it? Yeah, it's like a like a it's like drinking a. It's like a cinnamon fireball. Oh, uh-huh. it's you. All I right. got the original, too, here. Oh, my uh, God. Nice <laughs> Call <right> the cops. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Bill. Yeah, Bill, I didn't want to tell you this, but uh, we're actually all here together tonight because we care about you, and, and we want to you know tell you that there's going to be a bus showing up here in about 15 minutes. I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, uh, Robin, uh, go ahead with your uh, rant tonight. So my rant, um, well, I, Greg, explain this to me. I'm supposed to bring up a topic, and it's like coffee talk, Mike Myers style. Um, yeah, right. Saturday night, right? Yeah, get, huh? that's right. Okay, so I wanted to see what you guys thought 
my thing is if you had to choose between cooking on lump charcoal or briquettes, it doesn't matter, barbecue, backyard, competition, whatever, what would you choose and why? Well, okay, you answer first. It's your it's your deal. My deal is um I you know, I've been I've been trying to think of my question, like and I just I don't know why, but um I love briquettes. Like, yes, I know the different types of wood. Um, and lump charcoal can add different types of flavor depending on the wood. And, and, you know, there's the whole, you know, regionality and seasonality to it. But I just think that Kingsford briquettes are the bomb because they're always the same size. They're consistent and predictable. And I have no surprises. You know, sometimes when I use lump, I'll get a big fat chunk of something and the fire burns on heavenly. And I just want, I want it predictability when I'm cooking a nice piece of meat and I'm, you know, looking for consistent results. So that's my rant. All right. Um, Bill, you go ahead first. So so we use both. I, I enjoy, depending on what I'm doing, um, using both. We we use a high-end quality um, a lump when we're cooking. Um, so when we when we cook, we, we'll, we use a, a brand called Frontier. We feel that the, the quality is always very same. And, and that's one of the things about competition barbecue is we're always looking for consistent results every time that we can depend on. So having a brand that can deliver those that quality all the time is great. Now, the reason why I like briquettes is that if I don't want any flavor, I want to use my own flavor. So I may want to add apple or cherry or hickory or whatever it may be. I can I can put those lumps in because really Kingsford really doesn't have any flavor to it at all. And I can really specify exactly what I want. Our chicken... Uh, that we cook a lot of times we pack that with briquettes because we want a hot, really hot really fast uh, heat and to get it up to a real high temperature and because we cook it real hot and fast for our chicken so um and, and I'm, when i'm cooking out in the grill it really depends on what i'm what i'm cooking and what i'm doing but um i like using both my answer is both all right so if i put a gun to your head and you had to cook with one for the rest of your life bill which one are you going to choose lump. lump lump it is all right uh chad um, I also use both. Um, primarily, though, we have a uh, gravity-fed, a deep south gravity-fed smoker that we use for competitions, and we use lump in that. Um, the main reason is because it, I, well, in my opinion, I think it burns a little cleaner, and it uses a, or it uh, leaves a lot less ash. Um, we used to use uh, Kingsford briquettes. Um, and I, and I have a I have a backwoods that I use at home every once in a while, and I use Kingsford in that. And the, and the the amount of ash that a briquette leaves versus the lump is, you know, three or four times as much. Um, but I also think the lump burns a little cleaner. All right, so that leaves me, and uh, you know, while I want, I, I I've used both and uh, tested extensively, and in the end, it's it's all about. Uh, flavor for me, and uh, so I'm going to go ahead and choose lump as well. Now, what I'm sacrificing with lump, by the way, Robin, let's be honest. Are you sponsored by Kingsford? Huh? Are you? You son of a bitch. I knew it. All right. Uh, so I will sacrifice consistency, which is what you get with Kingsford. It's the same every time you... Uh, and I re- when I started in barbecue, I really appreciated the Kingsford briquette because it could get me overnight. I never had to worry about it burning too hot or too cold or whatever. But as Chad said, 
it was a ridiculous amount of ash. And if you went too far into a cook and you didn't empty it, at some point you might choke yourself out. And I couldn't, I couldn't risk that. Then I got to learn about lump and started playing with that a little bit more. And overnight cooks were very tricky for me uh, with the lump. But again, if, if it's a gun to the head, um, I'll sacrifice or I'll take the inconsistencies that the lump is going to give me and uh, trade away the consistency that Kingsford, because I get more flavor with lump and, and that's just my two cents. All right, so we're running short of time, and here's my take. This past weekend, I'm spending a fall tournament of softball with my oldest daughter. She's 14. She's an uh, athletic phenomenon. And uh, it's the third game on a Saturday night, and it's freaking cold here in Cleveland to the tune of 35 <laughs> degrees. And uh, this umpire, and it's only one umpire in the field, is... Uh, all of a sudden making it a habit of making a call before the play has actually physically transpired. For instance, uh, we had a a girl coming down who's on our team, going to be scoring, and there's a play at the plate, and his arm is up in the out position before the play even happens. Calls her out, finishes his call. I'm a little perturbed that he is deciding to make calls before the play happens because she could miss her, uh, the ball could drop, you know, whatever. And I voiced my opinion to this guy that maybe he should let the play resolve itself before he makes a determining call. He didn't say anything, but he grabbed his junk. He grabbed himself (laughs) right there on home plate, and me and like three other women saw it. And so I started to get into a small verbal altercation, letting him know that I saw exactly what he did. It was very unprofessional. And uh, he then realized he had been caught, and it's like, I'm going to throw you out. And I said, hey, I saw what you did, pal. You know, do whatever makes you feel good. But I saw what you did, and she saw what you did. So I think my rant is this. If you're (laughs) an umpire in uh, Travel League softball, do not grab your groin area, regardless. I mean, come on, Bill. What are you saying about that? I would agree. Don't grab your groin area any really time. Oh. I mean, I'm a big guy, so I can't really reach my groin area that well. So <laughs> I wouldn't be reaching that, very, you know, that, reaching on that very much, um, especially in a bunch of girls, you know, yeah. in a girls softball group. That probably wouldn't be very professional whatsoever. Yeah, uh, Chad, your thoughts. I'd have to agree 100% with you, Greg. I don't think it's appropriate at all that he would do that, especially uh, in front of a bunch of teenage softball players. Robin, you're a girl. Uh, I mean, if you're on a team and you see an ump do this, or you're now a fresh mother as well, if your son was playing and uh, you see maybe you're having a little altercation with the umpire, if he grabs himself, I mean, what are, what are we well, well, I think that this, that's a totally douchey thing to do. But it's America, and we can do what we want. So even though it's a totally douchey thing to do, I think if he wants to grab his balls, let him. That's his way of saying, F you, Greg. So say, so say that. Have the balls that you're grabbing and say you're a douche or you're wrong or whatever. But, I mean, come on. I mean, this is outrageous. America, maybe. America, maybe, Robin. All right, before uh, we go here tonight, and we're running long, I apologize to Daniel Vaughn. Bill, go ahead and uh, any websites or where you're going to be at next? No, I'm going to be under the water scuba diving in the Caribbean for most of the winter. So enjoy this cold weather, especially there in Cleveland. Uh-huh. And I'll see you guys on the competition circuit coming up in uh, April. All right. Uh, Chad, go ahead. 
Uh, we're going to be up in Charleston, South Carolina at uh, Smoke on the Harbor in a couple of weeks, mid-November. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. It's Yes Deer Barbecue or Yes Deer BBQ on Facebook. We have we post all the time there. So check us out. All right. And, uh, of course, uh, the Grill Girl, Robin Lindart. What, am I, what do you want me to do, Greg? Just plug my yeah, blog? Yeah, plug. Sorry. I'm, I'm out of it tonight. You guys, just go to grillgirl.com. I'm going to be doing a really kick-ass giveaway for Thanksgiving um, featuring uh, – I know Pit Barrel will be involved. I'll be giving away a Pit Barrel cooker. And I'm going to ask Yeti if they'll throw in a Yeti cooler, and I'm going to ask Thermoworks to throw in a Thermopen. So it's going to be a really kick-ass giveaway. So everyone tune in and uh, look for that. All right, uh, Robin Lindars, uh, Chad Warner, and Bill Minahan. Appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much for coming on, and we'll do it again. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. There they are. Look at these guys. Outrageous. I'm shocked and appalled that Robin Lindars says if the if the umpire wants to grab his balls and tell me to go f off, that uh, she said that's all right. That's not all right. I'm not one of those interfering parents, Patrick. I, I will, however, point out deficiencies in officiating if it's warranted. The Chops Full Power Injector System is the 2015 National Barbecue Association Tool of the Year. You got the half gallon, the one gallon, the Chops Full Power Injector System, electric, the commercial and competition, Big Daddy. It's got that big five-and-a-half-foot pickup tube. You know, it was originally made for one of the best barbecue restaurants in Kansas City. And uh, Chef Rob has said that time and time again with the Chopsville Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters. A number of the top pitmasters out there right now are using the Chops Power Injector Systems every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. And the thing is this, we live in a foodie world, and people want flavor in every bite, and this is how you do it, and do it fast. It's not just for meat. Uh, Bill Minahan might want to inject his watermelon with Jack Daniels. He can do it with the Chops Power Injector System. Order it up, Bill. Every injector is hand-assembled in Kansas City, Missouri. You got all the extra accessories, all that great stuff. So here's what you do. You head on over to BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's Barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, KansasCity.com. And order up a half gallon or a full gallon or the CHOPS Full Power Injector System Electric Model, the commercial and competition big dead. CHOPS Power Injector System gives your barbecue some power. All right, we are back with Daniel Vaughn. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966, 216-220-0966, Greg at the BBQ Show.com. Thanks again to uh, my monthly barbecue roundtable folks weighing in on a uh, host of different 
barbecue topics. And of course, my non-barbecue topic, which quite frankly, I'm disturbed about. But I'm not disturbed enough to not get my next guest, and I apologize we're late here. It is the editor of Texas Monthly uh, Barbecue there, uh, Daniel Vaughn, joining us here on the show. Daniel, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good, man. Appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on. I apologize uh, for being a little late here tonight. We were in a heated debate in the uh, barbecue roundtable about uh, me having uh, voiced a small displeasure uh, with a umpire over the weekend, and then he grabbed his package uh, right there on the field instead of telling me to, you know, beat it or shut up or anything like that. So, uh, Daniel, uh, I mean, you know, what what do you think? I mean, that's uh, the grill girl said, hey, it's America. If he wants to grab his balls, then so be it. Uh, I'm like, you can do that. Uh, that's You have to maintain some type of decorum. So probably being the most professional person uh, that I'm having on this hour, Daniel, what are your thoughts on that? I'd say this is uh, way beyond the barbecue realm for me, but uh, no, I, I definitely, uh, I mean, no adult should be acting that way on a, on a baseball field. That's right. Uh, all right, Daniel. So uh, you can find your work, tmbbq.com. You are constantly adding to the website over there with interviews and lists and, you know, all of this great uh, content. Do you find it hard uh, since you've, you know, kind of assumed the role of the first a barbecue editor out here in the country to uh, continually find new exciting stuff. I mean, you can, I guess, easily get caught in a a, a process of just well, like throwing shit yeah. up there. But I mean, you want to keep it like fresh and relevant, right? Well, I want to keep it fresh and relevant. I also want to keep it varied as well. So, I mean, I love doing um, more historical pieces where I'm doing a lot of research, but uh, I also like doing the more current stuff, like where to find the the, you know, the best smoked chicken or where to find the best ribs. Those kind of things always do quite well, as well as just helping people out on their road trips, like doing different guides uh, along the highways of Texas. But I don't really find that it's uh, it's really not all that hard to come up with new stuff. There's so many stories uh, in Texas that relate to barbecue. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say there aren't some Mondays. I, I turn in my weekly column, I turn in every Tuesday, and so... Um, there are some Mondays where I wake up and I'm like, oh boy, what am I going to write about this week? But, uh, I have probably somewhere between, you know, 30 and 40 different word documents that I've already started, like started little notes on that are stories that might not ever go anywhere, but, uh, are little notes about some subject that, uh, might be able to expand upon. Do you have um, like a certain number of restaurants that you have to review every month, or is that just something that you kind of fit in amongst all the rest of the stuff? I do uh, one review every week. So there's essentially 52 reviews that come out every year. And finding new barbecue joints, that's the easiest part, actually. Um, it's actually just trying to pare down which ones I actually want to write about. Do you do you have to let everybody know in advance that you're going to be going there for a, a reason of review, or do you not have to do that? No, no. I really just show up and order some barbecue and eat it. And I mean, some of them, um, some people know who I am. Some people don't. Some people don't care. Uh, it it really <laughs> just kind of runs the gamut. All right. So one of the things that uh, is on the tmbbq.com website is the Texas Monthly's 25 Best New Barbecue Joints list, and it's been out for That's about right. a week now. 
So, you know, um, so this isn't to be confused or is this separate from like the, the best barbecue joints in Texas or is this a revised best barbecue joints of Texas? Well, so what this is, is we're, we put out a big top 50 barbecue joints in Texas list and we really don't do that all that often. Uh, it has been every five years in the past. We're switching that over to every four years now. The last one came out in 2013, so the next one's not going to come out until 2017. Uh, but, you know, there was uh, – it seemed unfair to wait four years to shed some light on some great places that have opened up in the meantime or ones that we just hadn't really found uh, when we did that 2013 list. So this best new and improved barbecue list is really just a way to uh, shed some light on some places that are doing great work, great barbecue – that you might not have heard of. Uh, some of them are well-known names already, like Killen's Barbecue down in Pearland, uh, just south of Houston. And uh, others are ones that not a whole lot of folks have heard about, like uh, Kolochny Barbecue in Hallettsville, Texas. So this was a way to, to give them some attention. And um, and also, it's, it's not a preview for what the next top 50 is going to be. But certainly, these are all going to be some uh, solid contenders for the next list. So out of those top 25 that you have on this new list, do you have a, a number one of those best 25? If I gave you a, you know, a blank check and a private jet, uh, where's the place you're going to go to? <laughs> well, uh, you know, we invite a newcomer to the barbecue festival. So uh, Texas Monthly, we have a barbecue festival. We invite all of the top 50 uh, usually about half of them are able to, to steal away from uh, their restaurants and come visit. We're actually going to have the next festival is on November 1st. And so for that festival, uh, in 2013, we had a whole new crop of folks to invite. But every year uh, we invite a newcomer, which is a place that has really shown itself to be in the upper echelon of Texas barbecue joints. So uh, last year we invited Killen's Barbecue from Pearland. And this year we're inviting Friedman's uh, in Austin. So really, that signifies that we really love these places and that unless they do something to screw up, there's a good chance they're going to make the next top 50. So those would be uh, two of my best picks from the list. But uh, one that kind of came out of nowhere is the uh, Bodacious Barbecue. It's out in East Texas in Longview. So Bodacious Barbecue is a chain they have uh, several locations uh, across Texas, and they uh, they vary widely from location to location. They're all independently owned and operated. And uh, the original one, uh, Roland Lindsay, who opened that one in the 60s, the original one had closed down due to his health. And he, uh, he actually enlisted his son-in-law to come in, uh, Jordan Jackson, and take the place over and kind of revamp the menu and and start doing things uh start doing things jordan's way jordan had worked at stanley's barbecue and tyler another one of my favorites and so he came into the bodacious this you know old kind of tired bodacious chain and has really just completely turned around the quality of barbecue they're putting out in their original location in longview so that that was a, an exciting thing to see and one that is really unexpected i've i've gotten some people who are questioning the entire list because oh my god you included a bodacious it's like well <laughs> have you been to this one <laughs> if not shut up daniel vaughn joining me here on the show editor for uh, barbecue when it comes to texas monthly tmbbq.com is the website if you want to check him out and see what he's up to uh 
One of the things that we uh, talked a little bit about here in the first hour of the show, Daniel, is uh, the Jack Daniels uh, that's going to be heading or that's going to be happening this coming weekend. Uh, you know, always storied, always mystical, and people that aren't included uh, feel pissed that they were left off the list, and people that got in are like, it's the best thing ever. Uh, have you been to the Jack before? I have been to the Jack. I went last year, and I went as a judge. Uh, this year, I'm just going on my own. Um, I'm really just going there to hang out with folks. Um, being a judge there is, I don't know. Um, eating a lot of nameless, faceless barbecue out of styrofoam containers, it just uh, that versus being able to, you know, just hang around with pitmasters and actually watch how they're cooking and and learn a little something. That seems like it's going to be a little bit more rewarding than sitting at a judge's table. Um, and it is a unique one. I mean, you know, the the royal is is uh, certainly you certainly in awe when you go to the royal just for its hugeness. Uh, and the Jack is just really the absolute opposite. It's, uh, just a few teams. It's, um, you know, it's down there in the holler. Uh, it's way away from anything resembling the city. It just is a completely different feel to any other of the big competitions out there. Let me show my city slickeredness and say, what the hell is a holler? It's down in the <laughs> holler. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Uh, I guess that's the, the place where the uh, the fog settles. I guess like it's a, like a low lying area. It is a low lying area. The uh-huh. jack is actually you go down a little hill to get down to where all the cookers are set up, and then just beyond that, there's a uh, let's call it a creek. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a waterway um, right behind all that. So what yeah, is- it's um, it it certainly uh, has a woodsy feel to it. Will you be doing any type of journalistic stuff there, like writing and trying to, to, to catch some stories and reactions and stuff um, like that, or is it really just for the hang? I am always out there looking for stories. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's never a time that I'm out eating barbecue. You know, people are like, well, is this, uh, you know, is this trip just for fun or for work? Well, I mean, they're all for work. They're all they're all potential um, potential columns, potential assignments. So. I always look at it that way. And, you know, you go to a place like the Jack and you spend a couple of days there, you're certainly going to find a story. Um, and then I've actually just spent a good part of the morning today planning all of my stops in Nashville on the way down. So I'm actually stopping. I'm flying into Nashville. I'm going to eat as much barbecue as I can pile in before I drive on down to Lynchburg. Uh, the other thing, and you mentioned it uh, happening the very first part of the month, is the barbecue festival. So, for the folks that have never attended, like, what's the what's the theme there? What can people expect if they uh, go there? Oh, you can expect uh, all of the barbecue you could possibly eat. So, I mean, the great thing about this festival is you pay uh, one ticket price, you get in the door, and then everything is free after that, as far as the food goes. Uh, you get a few drinks as well. Uh, a t-shirt to go along with it all but um, you walk in there's 25 26 this year of the best barbecue restaurants in all of texas set up um, just passing out food for several hours and all you got to do is walk up at their table grab it and grab another if you want or grab a third one if you really liked it Um, and just keep going and try and make your way around to every table before uh four times up it's on a it's on a time limit well, I mean, it's uh, there's no no real time limit. It's just 
it it runs from noon to four p.m. So, oh wow, uh, it's yeah. I mean, it's a eating. It, it's more of an eating sprint than, yeah. than a marathon. It's a uh, it's a it's a it's a competition eating scenario to a certain degree. Instead of uh, ten minutes, though, you get at least four hours to to pack it all down, which uh, you know could play well, to your other, advantage or disadvantage, yeah. I guess. Well, the other great thing about it is, you know, if you're uh, if you're coming to Texas, especially coming to Texas for the first time to experience barbecue, it's um, it's essentially like a a week long road trip all packed into just one afternoon. So. Instead of you having to drive around to check out all these places all over the state, they're all in one spot in Austin. So works out nicely. I'm sure there'll be a ticket and will call for this guy, right? Hey, you come yeah. on. You let me know if you're going to come on down. Oh, you man. Bet. I would love to, but I'll be involved in some type of a sporting event, I'm sure. So, uh, But maybe we can work the logistics out a, a year from it. It'll still be going next year, right? It'll be yeah, it'll be going on and on and on yeah. year after year. Bigger and better. All right. Uh, then maybe we can look at that uh, next year for sure. Uh, Daniel Vaughn is the Texas Monthly Barbecue Editor. You can find him at tmbbq.com. Daniel, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, it was great. Thank you. There he is. DV. Bringing it strong for everybody there. So I uh, always enjoy catching up with Daniel. Uh, I am going to run over time here. So, Kevin, I apologize, uh, but only by a couple minutes. So just relax. Let me uh, get this last read in, and then we'll close up shop. Uh, All the way to this guy. Uh, Right now, we are going to be talking about Butcher Barbecue. Holy moly. What is Dave Bosca up to? Well, the better question is, what isn't he up to? He's providing injections. The pork, the beef, the prime injection, the bird boosters, the open pit style for your pork. It's wonderful. You get it at butcherbbq.com. What else is he doing? He's providing you with rubs like uh, steak and brisket rub and honey rub, which is one of my favorites, of course. He's also up to making great sauce for you. The sweet barbecue sauce from Butcher's is some of the best stuff out there right now. No liquid smoke, which I appreciate and adore. Tastes great. A lot of great flavor profiles in there. Dave uses it and wins with it on the competition circuit. I use with I use it and win with it in my house. The girls love it. I mean, I got a house full of girls. And, you know, if they're enjoying a barbecue sauce, that says a lot. You know, because women, when it comes to barbecue sauce and, like, grilling and stuff, you know, come on, you know, they're women. Don't worry about breaking the bank when it comes to shipping either. Items totaling up to 55 bucks ship at $8.50. Between 55 and 200 ship at $9.75. Anything over $200 ships for free. Also, if you've bought a commercial injection from somebody else and it sucks, you've had to throw it away in the past. Now you don't have to. You can go to butcherbbq.com, go to the trade-in link, do the paperwork there, send your injection to Dave, he'll weigh it, and then return he'll send you back something that you would like instead. He's making his customers happy. He's making his customers happy. Uh, his competition's customers happy. That's what I want to say. And you can do it all at ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher's Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. All right, let's wrap it up. Stick around. We'll be back in the jiffy. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Bay, Nerd Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV. This is is BBQ Central. 
Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com is the uh, way to get in touch with me. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Stephen Master, author, cooking class instructor. Third Tuesday of the month guest here on this show, by the way, in case you don't remember that. Appreciate him. Thanks for coming up. Then we had Dan Uledal from Chops Power Injector. BarbecueKansasCity.com. Get a Chops Power Injector system. Don't teeter on the fence anymore, folks. Get off the fence and be happy. Get your life back. Get time back. Your time's worth money, man. Pays for itself. Put a dollar to it. Then we had the Barbecue Roundtable. Bill Minahan. We had Chad Warner. We had Robin Lindars. That was wild. If you missed it, go back and get the podcast here in about 30 minutes. It'll be online. Video will be up tomorrow as well on the YouTubes uh, immediately following the show here about 30 minutes or so after it gets done processing automatically. And then we close the show with Daniel Vaughn, the Texas Monthly Barbecue Editor, TMBBQ.com. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.